Winter is here. Book your flu vaccination online today at chemistwarehouse.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, it's a big good morning to you, Izzy and Kempe on SCNZ, Rickdale, Kempe, Kez, Aroha, and we've got a wonderful, one of our long-time listeners, day one in fact, Joe from Gizzy, he's made his way, he's a long way from home, Joey, what are you up to? Just popped up for a bit of mahi up in Auckland, is. thought I'd bring the boys some Vinny and some Kinners. <laughs> Has a kid is Kinners for breakfast, bro. Kinners for breakfast. Oh, keep those away from Gout Kempi. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about the gout, mate. There'll be no gout with them Kinners going down here. But he's uh, he showed up this morning. Like we all looked out the looked out the window there, and here's his follet standing here with a big, big chili bin full of venison, mm. mate. You know, straight oh. out, straight out of that that beautiful east coast down there in Gizzy, um, mate. Just up here, obviously, just up here for work. You come up as a as a with a mate, didn't you? Or something yeah. you were saying? Yeah, bought up architect. Um, we've got a building company, and um, just up here at a build conference for a couple of days, and he needed a driver and someone to bounce some ideas off for some clients. So we thought we'd smoke up to the big smoke and catch up with the boys <laughs> and pop out to Debrett's for a night out last night and. No, oh. good. So I just thought we'd bring the boys a bit of aroha from from the coast. Oh, nice, nice, oh, beautiful. What yeah. about me? Don't worry, I got yours coming. You, you got some salamis and some steaks coming down your way too. So they'll, they'll be smoked at the moment, and then uh, it's oh. just a little bit easier to send chilled goods down to you than frozen, my bro. Beautiful, Joey. Good to see you, mate. You're an awesome supporter of the team. We know you love your sport, and uh, obviously a big day, big week because the Warriors are back after a bit of a laugh. It feels like forever, doesn't it, since they last played? Yeah, it does. It's um, had the boy, so we're fresh. We've got a couple of players coming back, and. Um, on the back of New South Wales, been Queensland Wednesday. We'll be up ready to go on the weekend to take out St George. Yeah. Mm. What do you reckon? What do you reckon, mate? What do you reckon? The St George Dragons, they are gone. They have gone from bad to worse. Ben Hunt wanting to buy his contract out. What's going on? I think that's, that club's had problems at the top, kind of like Wests, really, for a long time. A lot of boardroom battles, two clubs coming together. Um, it's been hereditary for a while. I think they've done a good thing for signing Flanagan. Mm. Yeah, he'll put some good structure mm. in there. He just needs a broom, but he's they're three years away from being in the eight, I think. I was, ta- I was talking to a guy last night. At, um, I did a guest speaking stint at uh, the race course manager's New Zealand Thoroughbred, um, and they were talking about Ben Hunt and what happens there with that contract because he's saying, oh, you know, I'm out, I want out. And I, I said to him, I think it's a pretty good move by his manager 
you know, because it now pumps up. Him being in the in the other sort of the twilight years of his career, it's probably an opportunity for St George to sign him for a longer term deal. You know, um, do you reckon that's more of what this is about, or do you think Ben Hunt really wants to get out? I think with Ben Hunt, you've got a player who's the Australian nine. He can play standoff. He can play halfback. Uh, he's an absolute leader, and I think what you're finding is that guys will follow him, and you just don't think he's had the structure around him to win a premiership. Mm. Um, and I, th- I think he's like Reynolds. You know, people wrote Reynolds off at Souths, and he went to he went to uh, the Broncos. They've used him as a as a leader, you know, and he's, he's surrounded himself with those young guys, and they look up to him. Mm. And I think Hunt could do something like that at the Dolphins. I think um, even if it, they took him to Wests, you know, the Tigers. Well, Benji's looking, looking for a half, isn't he? Well, that's right, because you know, poor old. Um, our, our, our halfback there, he's uh, he's just had such a tough time, and people keep throwing mud at them. You know, and you can only take it for so long. You'd know that in, in some of your roles. Oh, I'm still pulling the mud off me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think what you're just going to find there is is Hunts, Hunts a, He's a top. He's one of the probably top top five um, halves slash hookers in the Premiership, and um, he'd be welcome at the Warriors any day. Mate, tell, tell, just you're telling me down in uh, Hawke's Bay when you come over to watch the Warriors. Um, play Brisbane that night that you've got your radios on all over the house mate your kids have a little are they converted to ECNZ your kids well we've got a young nine year old boy and um, we take him to school every day and he's he gets up and I get up half past five every day and he gets up at six and he he, he sings the SCNZ radio oh Kimpy and Izzy yeah. and you know they are you know I, I have 65 inch TVs and they've got all sport and racing on them and you know I've got horses and stuff so they all follow it and uh, they love it you know Beautiful, beautiful. Well, we appreciate you coming in the show there, uh, Joe from Gizzy, mate. Uh, just quickly, what's your favourite Vinny recipe that we could potentially try out? I'm just a simple on the pan, but any little mixes you throw in there? Mate, I've seen your smoker. You're a bit more than in the pan. <laughs> Listen, you just, just take that take that back steak, roll it in like chilli flakes, you know, uh, Himalayan pink salt, pepper, and then just put your barbie on, a little bit of oil, Sear it each side for two, three minutes. Make sure it's medium rare, then hang it up in the fridge or hang it up and let all the juice come out and then serve it mm. wafer thin, cold, with some fresh coriander, Japanese mayo. Oh, stop it. Right, you get, <laughs> in, the, you get in the kitchen. You get in the kitchen. I'm expecting that for breakfast. <laughs> Beautiful, Joe. Hey, thanks for popping in and, and dropping off the boys some kai. I appreciate it, and we appreciate your support, brother. Thanks so much. Cheers, bro. Awesome. Well, there you go, lads. It's uh, great to catch up with one of our listeners, but we've got a big show ahead of us today. After seven, we're going to have a catch up with Pita Alatini. We're going to be talking uh, plenty of rugby. Obviously, the ABs 15 was announced, All Blacks selections, midfields, and then at about 7.40, our Sale GP team. Well, they didn't one better than last year over our Aussies and Canadians. They won the Sale GP at Lake Montreal, so we're going to have to catch up with Blair Chook. At 7.40 and then after 8, we're going to catch up and have a chat to Jason Ryan, the All Blacks uh, Fords coach and assistant coach, and we'll chat to him about plenty of selections. If you've got any questions, send them through, double eight double three on the Temper Bedpost text machine or 0800 150 on our phone lines. A big good morning to you, Rick Doll. Yeah, morning, Izzy. Morning, been a busy one, mate. Busy one. Uh, we'll get to it. I know the Araha will have it in her headlines, but uh, big news coming out of Austria uh, with the All Whites playing Qatar. Oh, what's going on there, mate? 
So Michael Boxall, who's a centre back for mm. the the All Whites, he's uh, half Samoan. Uh, he was racially abused towards the end of the first half by a Qatari player. Brought it up with the referee. Referee didn't do anything, so the All Whites said, "Okay, half time. We're not coming out. We're not playing the second half. Uh, you can do one." And uh, so they've made an official complaint to FIFA. We will see what That's happens big. off the back of that. That's big news. Absolutely huge because FIFA have just announced they're doing uh, Gianni Infantino, the president of FIFA, announced they're putting in place new anti-racism um, measures after Vinicius Junior, the Brazil and Real Madrid striker, has been subject to it in Spain. So we will see. I don't know. I'm not convinced that much will happen because Qatar give him a lot of money. But we will see. We will see what are happens they, on they, that front. Are they going to be able to shove this under the carpet? No. Nah, look, I don't. I don't think so. Not not at international level. I think. I think the uh, ripple effect of this is he is going to, you know, as people wake up, is actually going to start taking off. It's going to be a big news and it'll play out all day. Mate, the, the, like, I can't remember the last time, a, a, like a New Zealand team especially, decided not to come out at half time. Yeah, I don't think it's ever happened, to be honest. I don't think it's ever happened. Don't worry. <laughs> There's plenty of us that didn't want to come out at half time when we were playing, but to actually say we're not coming out. In an international match, yeah, which has been televised, is like I can't wait for the story to break. It is massive news. Yeah, we will hear more. No doubt, we will hear more. We've got a couple of uh, uh, messages out there. Hopefully, we can get someone in on it and uh, and get further into that story as well. But it is six thirty. Time to get away to Araha for the latest in news and sport. Thanks to Kubota, we are building and shaping New Zealand. Twenty-three away from seven here on SENZ. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Time for some headlines for you now. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. And positive news for the Roosters with playmaker Luke Kerry cleared of a fractured jaw after scans. Uh, Kerry came off the field after cu- coming in contact with Dom Young's boot while attempting a covering tackle around the winger's legs on Saturday. Initial fears were that he had suffered a fracture, but a CT scan has revealed no fracture and he's going to be monitored uh, in the lead up to round 17's game against the Raiders. Kerry's teammate, uh, Satili Tupunia, suffered a badly corked thigh against the Knights and will be in doubt for Sunday's game. Meanwhile, the Cowboys will be without back rower Helam Luki for several weeks after scans confirmed he had sustained a facial fracture in Friday night's win over the Panthers. Luki will have further scans to determine a clear uh, return timeline, but the club said on Monday he's expected to miss multiple weeks. Meanwhile, Knights forward Lachlan Fitzgibbon will also be in doubt for his side's clash with the Panthers next week after suffering a head knock in the second half of Saturday's match. And current champion Gerwin Price is going to be back in New Zealand to defend his title at the New Zealand Darts Masters. Price, the 2021 world champion, headlines an enticing list of some of the biggest names in darts who have been confirmed to make up half the field in Hamilton for the biggest weekend on the New Zealand darting calendar. Eight PDC stars, including current world champion Michael Smith, former world champion Rob Cross, Johnny Clayton, Danny Noppet, Nathan Aspinall, Dimitri Vandenberg, and the colourful Peter Wright will contest the New Zealand League of the World Series of Darts at Glowbox Arena August 4 and 5. 
And finally, Warren Gatlin admits he would never have returned as Wales boss had he known the extent of the problems at the WRU. He's, uh, <laughs> the players are threatened to go on strike during a dismal Six Nations campaign. And Gatlin said, when I came into the Six Nations, I had no idea. I didn't realise a lot of things that were going on and the issues that were behind rugby and the squad and the players. At the time, if I'd known, I would have made a different decision and probably gone somewhere else. You'd think he'd done his homework. He would have liked to have he, or The only <laughs> homework he did was count the zeros on the uh, on the check. Mm. That's all he did. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, said yes. But there you go. Those are your sports news headlines. We do have a quizzy dag to get away to as well. So that's thanks to Trades and Builders. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. 0800 150 811. 0800 150 811. You want to play quizzy dag? Give us a call now. And uh, we have got $150 worth of TAB bonus bets to give away. Joe, you can't play. Sorry, mate, you're in studio. You can't play. That's the rules. <laughs> You've got to be on your phone. And it's uh, 20 to 7 here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. No matter what you ask me, try and play the quiz, things won't get nasty. Get up, stand up, come and throw your hands up. If you got the feeling, get the phone's lines ringing. Came to get paid, we came to get paid. So get on your phones and dial now. Call now, 0800. Call now, 150. Call now, 811. Call now, call now and get paid. Hey, 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 All right, welcome back. It's time to get someone paid 150 bonus bets up for grabs. Ooh, come on. 0800-150-811 is the phone line if you want to have a crack at the quiz today. I'm looking through it. Gettable. Gettable. 100% gettable. So good luck to you. Troy from Whangalui. How you going, brother? Yeah, good, good, good. All right, my friend. Question number one. Max Verstappen took out the Canadian Grand Prix yesterday. How many Grand Prix wins do Red Bull have in their history? Oh, that might have to uh, might have to be a clue question, maybe. Oh, it's right. a round off the number between. Kempi, you haven't prepped this one, have you? Uh, but I, have, I, have, I have between 99. Raise your bat, mate. Raise your bat. There, there you go. There you go. Raise your bat? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 100. There you go. That was there a good, good clue. Bang. Round it that off is and correct. raise your bat. <laughs> Question number two. How many former All Blacks have been named in the Tongan Rugby World Cup squad? Oh, should I just say one, two, should I? I did have a bit of a look at this, but I uh, can't remember it, so I'll have a stab. Four. Close, Troy, but not close enough. Sorry, my friend. Have a good day. We're going to go to John from Christchurch. Yeah, Morning, John. Way, yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, all good, all good. How many former All Blacks have been named in the Tongan Rugby World Cup squad? Oh, I'll go five. 
That is correct. Charles Piotel, Via Fafita, Malakai Fikitai, George Moala, and Augustine Pulu stacked lineup alongside Israel Falau. Come on, Tonga. Devastating. Yeah, <laughs> Question number three. Who is the all-time leading try scorer in State of Origin history? Um, I just had a guess. I'm going to go maybe Wendell Saylor. Wendell Saylor is incorrect. Sorry, John. Have a good day, my yeah, friend. 0800 to take on me, the quiz master. $150 worth of bonus bets up for grabs. Luke from Dunedin. Hey, hello. <laughs> <laughs> hello, Lukey. Hello. Here we go, mate. Who is the all-time leading try scorer for State of Origin in State of Origin history? Oh, let's go Darius Boyd. Darius Boyd. <laughs> all, heading down the, it's all heading down the right path, fellas. Uh, right team. Right team. But incorrect. Sorry, Luke. Have a good day. Jade from Hamilton. Hello, brothers. How are we? Morena. Good, thank you. Who was the all-time leading try scorer in State of Origin history? Uh, what about Valentine Holmes? Ooh, no. It's not Valentine Holmes. Sorry, Jade. Have a good day, my friend. Lammy, no chance. Hey. Morena, brothers. How are you? Morena, Lammy. Good, thank you. <laughs> all-time try, try scoring oh. leader in State of Origin history. Give me a name. Oh, I don't know, brother. So I'll just say ding, 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 guy or whatever. Oh, that was my one. That was my one, Lammy, but it wasn't. Cup there, though. He's up no, there. No, it's not ding, Gagai. Sorry, Lammy. Have a good day. 0800-150-811. Mike from Christchurch. How are we going, guys? Good, thank you, Mikey, you hungry human. Here we go. It was the all-time leading try scorer. Uh... Is it Greg Inglis? Greg Inglis is correct. 18 tries in 32 games. Question number four. All whites defender Michael Boxall plays Major League Soccer for which club? Oh, I have no clue, mate. Next person. You want a clue? <laughs> okay. You don't want a clue? Okay. That's all right, Mike. You've won plenty. I won't share that news, but that's all right, mate. Have a good day. Alvin from Auckland. Morning. Morning, morning. All Whites defender, Michael Boxall, plays Major League Soccer for which club? Uh, oops, the LA. No, it's not LA, sorry. Brenton from Auckland. Hey, mate. Hey, you going? All Whites defender, Michael Boxall, plays Major League Soccer for which club? I'm pretty sure it's Minnesota United. Oh, here we go. That is correct. All right, mate, you're in the chat. You got a chance to win the $150 with a bonus bet. Here we go. Which player was the top point scorer at the 2007 Rugby World Cup? You got a clue if you need it? Can I have a clue? Okay, you need to really listen to this one, okay? You need to listen to this clue. <laughs> He's a namesake of Peter, who likes boats. And Colin, who likes walking long distances. Oh, Montgomery. Uh, Percy Montgomery. <laughs> Percy Montgomery. Get in there. Get in there. Get in there.
Kempe, I was not convinced by that clue at all, but well done. <laughs> Colin, Colin Montgomery was the guy that walks to golf courses. What was the other one? Peter yeah. Montcommentary. That's one. Yeah, there. Peter Montcommentary. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Doubtfire and Peter Montcommentary. Nice. Oh, how good. Hey. There you go, mate. You're getting paid. $150 worth of bonus bets coming your way. Well done. We'll be back tomorrow for another instalment of Quizzy Dag. But right now, it's time for Love Racing with Tony Kemp. Can the All Blacks bring home the Web Alice Cup for the fourth time? You can follow... Listening to Izzy and Kempy for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, you can call us anytime. 0800 150 811. Find a thoroughbred race day at events... Dot loveracing.nz and what about this is he Prosier the re- remarkable season's gone to another level with the progeny's earning super, uh, surpassing 4 million the first time that mark has been reached in New Zealand stallion history Ritual stud resident has an unsaleable lead in the race for general size premiership with a 13 year breaking the hold of Savabil, another great horse who has won the title for the last eight seasons and previously held the earnings record at 3.9 million dollars Chief contributor to Prussia's current season's tally of $4 million has been the high-class filly Prowess, as we know, with more than 940000 bank through her three-year-old campaign. Others um, with Prowess, we're looking at who's won, the obviously, the Telegraph, uh, is Legado, who was uh, victorious in the Group 1 New Zealand 1,000 guineas and became the first New Zealand trained winner of the Group 1 Australian guineas. And early in the term, his son, Dark Destroyer, the Group 1 Tarzina Trophy, while Pierre was successful in the Group 1 New Zealand 2000 Guineas. Proceed service fee. Have a guess. How much do you reckon? Mm, 100,000. Not bad. 70,000 plus GST for 2023 season, and breeders have again flocked in droves to the son of wow. Troisseur. He's, uh, he's decided to restrict them to only 150, so he, he's been fully booked for some time, Ritual Principal John Thompson said. The level of demand is understandable. He will end the season as Australia's leading sire, and Group 1 winners have inside five Group 1 winners in Group 1 races. $10.5 million a year uh, for that beautiful-looking stallion. Uh, just a big shout-out to the boys last night, New Zealand th- uh, Thoroughbred Racing's uh, the race course managers had a good dinner with them, guest speaking. Uh, well done to all the award winners uh, there as well. We've got racing tomorrow. We'll try and pick you as a winner. Um, yeah, plenty coming up, but that's our Love Racing update. Grab your mates and get on course. Visit events.loveracing.nz to find a race day near you. Beautiful, Kempe. Nice work, brother. Coming up in the next hour, we're going to catch up with Blair Chook, talk some sale GP. Up next, after the latest news in sport with Araha, though, Peter Alatini's going to join us. We'll talk that Tongan team. We'll talk some all-black midfield combos as well. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ.
Good morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. SENZ just after 7 o'clock, double eight, double three. We're going to be talking rugby and sale GP in the next hour. We're going to be covering the ABs 15. They're taking on Japan in July. So I've announced that squad, so we'll have a catch up and chat to Peter Alatini shortly. And after 8, we've got Jace Ryan coming on, the All Blacks assistance coach, assistant coach, and we'll be reacting, reacting to... That's a squad that was announced on Sunday night. We have plenty of reaction today, uh, yesterday, and today we'll ask the questions from you, the public, if you've got any on double eight double three oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. It is our phone lines. If you want to give us a call and chat anything, the Ashes is tasting place at the moment. Australia are chasing one hundred and seventy odd in the final day of those proceedings. There at and over in the England, and uh, hopefully they can. Uh, wow. We want England to win, don't we? Want England get to win, Kempi? 100%. 100%, <laughs> Yeah. No, I've just got back from Aussie and the, uh, the the whānau that I'm, I was over there with, they, uh, they're mad Australian supporters, mate, and they said, give us a call after we beat Baz and Baz, Baz's Bazball, and we'll tell you all about Bazball. So, mate, I'm going, please win. Please win, England. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. There'll be plenty of reaction. Remember, that's live here on SCNZ. You can catch all the action throughout the night. Just download the app and have a listen. It's such a great listen. So uh, plenty coming up. But Peter Alatini is waiting for us, Kempi. Yeah, Matt. Well, he's the man with the lowest uh, metabolic age in Season 1 of Match Fit. He's played for Tonga in New Zealand uh, and a good friend of ours. Izzy, welcome into the show this morning. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Pete, how's things? G'day, Kempi. Good morning, Izzy. Good morning, lads. Uh, yeah, all good, brother. All good. Just uh, sitting out here after a workout with the lads. And, uh, yeah, happy to take the call and have a chat. Working out. Mate, I'm just reading some of the... You know, you go to these Wikipedia pages and sometimes you believe them, sometimes you don't. <laughs> and I'm just reading the stuff about you. 29, you're dining on that, aren't you? The me- me- metabolic age of a, of a 29-year-old. You're still looking, <laughs> you're still looking that fit? <laughs> mate. You know, you can fake it till you make it. You may look like it, but like inside you're dying, brother. Inside we're dying. We just got to try and make it through, brother. All smiles on the upside, but there's a bit of pain inside from uh, from the years of playing footy, brother. Oh, beautiful, Peter. It's great to have you on the show, mate. Uh, obviously, a big reaction to the squads that were announced over the weekend, the All Blacks for Rugby Championship. Who are your number one midfield combination and why? Oh, mate, that's a great <laughs> That's a goodie. That's a goodie. And you know what? It's, it's not actually quite uh, glaring at the moment. Oh, I've watched a lot of the games this year, and I can't put my hand on, on, a, on a couple that, that's really, you know, kind of really stood out in the midfield. I think everyone's had moments, mm. but uh, but it's just kind of, I suppose, the best thing is where the combo at. And, and I'll probably go the safe route, which is probably Jordan Barrett, at 12, and, and you'll probably still stick with Rico at 13 um, at mm. the moment. Why? I still think I still think we can we can use Geordie better. I think with the skill set that he's got, I, I'd hate to think that we're only going to use him as a battering ram. I feel like mm. his skill set in terms, he's got a good passing game, he's still got a good kicking game, um, and we need to vary that up. But more than anything is how we use Rico. I think at, at centre at the moment, I don't think the Blues did a very good job, but I'm hoping the All Blacks, just with his power and pace that he's got, mate, we need to do more around him with hands, get the ball in his hands early, get him in the game early, and, and, and I think he'll be better for it as, as a midfield at the moment. But, I, you know, the other the other guys, Anton and, 
Eno, I think, have just come back into a bit of form and, and, and bit of form late. So I'd, I'd probably stick with those two to begin with. But then it's anyone's game going forward towards the World Cup, though, mate. What what have you made of uh, Geordie's season so far at the 12 position? You've played a ton of rugby in 12, your quality. What would be your messages to Geordie Barrett if you got your hands on him to allow him to play the game that you're after? I think for him, for him because of his size, I think we need to give him space rather than play him, play him as a batting ram, mate. I think he's better than that. I think he's still got a bit of footwork there. We, we need to put him into holes. Get him into a bit of one-on-one where he can actually get us over the game line more than just trying to uh, just put him as a batting ram. I think if we look mm. at the last few years, that hasn't worked against the, the bigger team, South Africa, Ireland. We got exposed badly in that trying to trying to attack that channel. And and so for me, it's it's he's got a skill set around. His, he's got a great kicking game. He's, he's actually got a beautiful hand, uh, passing game as well. So how can we use that more in his position? Because he's a big guy too, he'll attract defenders. So how can we use him and, and get him to the line and maybe pop off a, a small ball to a short ball to, to the centre or even a late backdoor to say Richie? Kind of, kind of that kind of movement. I feel that we need to see more around. We've got to do a bit more around the midfield than what we're doing um, previous years. Peter, uh, there were a few people, particularly Hurricanes fans, who were a little bit filthy on him um, that game against the Brumbies that he didn't feed uh, Balen Sullivan outside and could have won them the game. Decided <laughs> to go back inside, and that's something that Rico Ioane's you know copped a bit of stick for is not yeah. par- not passing enough to the outside. So, uh, is that a problem with Geordie, or is that just a one-off? Do you think? I think both. I think it's it's a one-off. I think we've just got to. Um, I think these guys have, have got to be kind of given that that space to, to really learn the, the, the school around midfield. I think we we really need to spend some time in them, and even more so important in this next level in, in the All Blacks channel, where these guys have got to we've got to start understanding our roles within. I think as a midfield, I think we've gone away from some of the key roles around outside being able to set our our, our wingers alight, our twelves being solid enough to gain line, but also ball play. Because the ultimate is for us to hold inside and, and get the ball to space, right? And I think we're trying to do too much in the midfield where I think there's a couple of key things there. We're just enough to hold inside and give it to our danger men that we've got women plenty of pace at out wide. Hey, P, you've played with you know played some good midfield with some good midfield combinations um, and inherited them that jersey. And now we're looking at this uh, this midfield heading up to the. World Cup, the the Enors and the the you know Dallas being named Dallas McLeod being named yesterday, and then watching the way that the Crusaders played against the Blues on the weekend against that rush, that sort of rushing defence in stages, are you confident that we've got the midfield? You know, if if we say because they're obviously looking for um, a little bit of clearance there if, if we go down injured with the likes of Dallas McLeod and Enor in, in those um, backup positions. Mate, I'm, I'm, I'm quite uh, excited about Dallas. I've, I've followed him uh, quite closely this year in, in terms of his development and really, really impressed. And Obviously, a bolter. I knew he'd be an all-black, to be honest, in the traits he got, but I didn't realise that he'll, he'll get this early. But, hey, I think he's quite exciting. Um, I think he's definitely got the skill sets as a midfielder. He's actually got a great... Because uh, he's robust, but he's the kind of... I, I reckon that's where Geordie's got to get... Almost like him, the same build and stuff, but this kid has got a great stepping game. He knows how to hit holes, but also has the ability to offload um, out wide. And, and I do, I think where the Crusaders showed how to how to play a team that comes up hard on their face around those back doors, but then using Leicester, find Nuku really well. They used uh, Dallas McLeod on the other wing really well. So how do we get those combos? And, and, and I think Eno as well showed 
um, his skill set in the weekend where he, I, I think, a bit more that, like, I think, ball into his hands early. He's got the, the skill set. He's got pace. He's got the hands that we saw that popped that short ball to Will Jordan. So I, I, I'm quite confident in that. But the biggest thing now is for Eno to prove it at the, the next level in the All Blacks. Peter, when you look at the squad and uh, Sean Stevenson, everyone is flabbergasted at why he was included as injury cover. Where does he fit into yeah. the puzzle? Yeah, I agree. With you. I'm, I'm, I'm just as uh, probably disappointed like everyone um, in the rugby community, just because his form has been so outstanding, and and like everyone's been asking, what more does this kid have to do? And and uh, you know, there's, there'll be a couple of players in there that are quite lucky to be selected in, in, in the space which I, I felt Shawnee should be in. And it's, it's you know, it's, it's going to be a tough one, but I, I just hope he just stays close because it's a long time between here and the World Cup and anything could happen, as we've seen now, that, that he's in cover for, for Mark Kalia. But I just truly hope that he, he does get an opportunity and he shows his worth because he's been bloody good the last couple of years and, and thoroughly deserves a shot in an AB jersey. He'd look good in league, though, wouldn't he, Peter? <laughs> uh, actually, the thing is defence game because I was a bit worried about the defence game um, the last couple of years, but he's really picked that up the last two. So I think you've actually go really well in league, to be honest. Yeah, mate. Um, we, we've got an All Black 15 team that was named as well in the midfield for that. Jack Goodhue, oh. Billy Proctor, Alex Nankerville, Balen Sullivan were all the options. The one name that wasn't there that surprised me was Lee Moore, um, yeah, given he's yeah. just signed a contract with the NZRU. Did you, are you surprised that he's yeah. not there, given that he, he's not going to play for Samoa at this World Cup? Absolutely. I, I, I really feel disappointed in that selection, knowing full well that he is one of the form centres throughout the whole competition. He's pledged his allegiance to, to be in, uh, you know, he's chasing the All Black dream. Um, and they haven't selected him yet. He's played more minutes than probably most of those midfielders. Between Billy, uh, sorry, Billy Proctor, I, I think is outstanding centre, and he must be knocking on the doors too. He's, he's such a great player. But Jack Goody has just come back. Know his worth, I get it. But then Balen Sullivan, I know he had a strong season last year, but he hasn't featured as much as say Levi has, and, and Levi has been dominating, dominating in the position. So that puzzled me that selection, and, and it kind of disappointing the fact that he has committed to New Zealand that the least they could have shown was to be selected and, and on merit too it's not like we're saying he hasn't played well he's actually been the form centre throughout the competition so mm-hmm. it, it does disappoint me that he hasn't been selected in the uh, in the New Zealand 15 yeah it's a it's a, a big a big selection that one isn't it that's been left out what, what about this Pete you've got Ireland I know you know this group South Africa and Scotland and then you've <laughs> just got you've got the naming of this this team that looks like it's going to get guard there and absolutely destroy the opposition. Can they upset that group in uh, at the World Cup with the team that they've named? Mate, this is the team that uh, we actually put up. When I was in 2019, we put up uh, another team from what we had and all those names that are there now were all the, all the players that were hoping to play. And now they're, they're there. I think the biggest thing is, look, it's great on paper and we all know that, that that's one thing. Um, the, the key part for me is how quickly they could get some combinations in the PNC, which is coming up, which to me, I reckon it's a feeler. That's not really as important as post-PNC and the road to World Cup. And, and what I've found is that's the crucial moment where we start to really develop the plan that they've got to, to play these guys. I think we, we're, we're more than capable to play this. It's just those big players that have been named have got to bring that form, bring that experience into that camp, but also lean on the jersey and the heritage and the culture that, that we've been all brought up in. And if they pay into that and Kef skips that right as well, and I know he will, 
I think I think that it's going to be an exciting time for for our country and also that pool that that pool of death that we seem to always get stuck in every every bloody World Cup, mate. <laughs> oh man, when you look at that backline, it just mm. excites you. But the only problem is they've got to unleash that backline, unlock and and yep. affords the set piece. Can they compete from a front row and a set piece point of view? That is the only probably blaringly obvious. Mm downside to, to that game, whether they can unlock that back, log, back line? I think for, I think for us as, as the forwards, and, and what I know of those players that have been selected, there's enough there, I feel, but for us as, as mm. hell, we just we just need a hold. We just need a hold to get that ball out straight away. Get get it out and, and let's play some for you, because I think we've got a great mix in our, in our, in our back line between um, power and pace. But like I said, it's just guys like Izzy, all the, all the boys that have been named, Peter Aki, George Moala, Malakai mm. Tikitoa, Charles Pizza, all these guys, I think that the key for them is how quickly they really adjust and bring bring their own game, bring everything they've got that they that they don't think about club and whatever when they're in that um, environment and just think about Tonga, World Cup and the, and the awesome challenge they've got ahead. And why not? I, I actually do enjoy that they're in such a pool and that they play the best out of the best because those players that, that are in Tonga have, have played at that level. So we have kind of come to, to an area to say, look, this is what you asked for, let's get stuck into it. Beautiful, mate. It's exciting times. Another game that's very exciting is the Chiefs taking on the Crusaders, mate. Who, in oh. your eyes, is favourites? <laughs> oh, mate, mate, this is a tough one. And, and knowing that I did play for both, so, you know, I went either way as a, as a Crusader and the Chiefs, although there was just one year and, and both teams came last and since last. But for this weekend, mate, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go uh, six points to the Chiefs. I'm going to go with the home team. Ooh. They're going to win by six points. Why? Why? <laughs> I just, I just think the last couple of weeks and what they've gone through throughout the season, uh, I think the home factor to me is going to be huge for the Chiefs, and and I just, I just think the last couple of weeks has has, has proven some steel of which they're going to going to need against this uh, Crusader team who seems to always bloody wake up in the right time. As he's wrapping himself, <laughs> in, as he's wrapping himself in his blanket as you speak, mate. He's going. He, he's going. He's not going with that at all. Hey, Pete. I, Pete, I just got to ask you a question. How's your driving these days? How's my what? Your driving. I, I've heard, I've heard a little story about the first time you picked your car up from Ford. Can you tell us about that? Hey, 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 hey! Why, 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 why bring you back to the past, mate? The car just gets a little bit slippery around corners, mate. Apparently, so, so what, you know, just testing up the wheels. I was testing up the wheels of those Ford RXs, and they're not good, mate. They're not good around corner when you yeah, go yeah. past. Got to warm the tires up, mate. Got to warm the tires up. What did you? What did you? What did you actually say to the principal of, of Ford when you went back and the car was written off? What did you actually say to him? I was just very quiet, mate. I pretended that I just came from Tonga and speak no English. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Peter, thank you very much for coming on, brother. Are, are you going to be, uh, given that we know that you're 29, are you, are you eligible for this Tongan team, mate? Are you in the extended squad? What's going on? Mate, look, it's, 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 you know, I've done enough. I've done more than enough in my career. I feel like it's these guys turned to to step up, my bro. I, ta- I tell you what, they're looking for drivers in the TP. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys, you guys have got my number, mate. I'm happy to drive you guys anywhere when you guys up here. Also, mate. I'm, I'm you, boys. Uh, outstanding. Peter, thanks very much for joining us, brother. Go well. Have a great day. Same to you, boys. Mate. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Cheers. Peter Alatini, there with us. Oh.
Oi, those XRs get you in trouble, lads. <laughs> Man, they get you in trouble. I remember Why? I picked Why up my first do... one and... Do a little rocky. <laughs> Why would you put why would you put footballers in an XR? Seriously. They don't do it anymore because of Peter. They don't give the boys XRs because they used to give the boys XR turbos, you know, they made yeah. the turbo ones. Yeah. Nah, mate, that went quick. That went out the door quick because the boys were burning rubber. Oh, my. Oh, oh that's oh, funny. That is a great story. That is a great story. This is SCNZ. Uh, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Love him or hate him, Ian Foster has the inevitable task of carrying the weight of a nation's expectations upon his shoulders. Think about it. Would you really want his job? knowing that only winning the World Cup will keep the Lions at bay. So while the Pride are gathering for their feast, here are three must-make decisions that will help Fozzie survive the ensuring battle and live to fight another day. Number one, play Will Jordan in his favoured position of fullback. Stop tinkering with pivots and just pick the best player in each position. Will Jordan is the best fullback in this country. Two, sort some mongrel out in your Ford pack and get down and dirty where it really counts. Every Ford needs to own the opposition on the field, but especially at the breakdown. If Fozzie emphasises skill above mongrel, we will not win the battle of the middle. Leave the skill for the after the scrap. Win the fight first and we might just have a chance. And finally, three, you have to outsmart your opponent's defensive coaches. Trust me when I say this. You'll dual, dual pivot will work for only one team, and that's the opposition. It is easy to read, but even easier to defend against. Opposition defensive coach will have a field day. So if you can come close to getting these three things right, then I think we have a fighting chance. And that's my point. You're going to have to get your hands dirty and stay in the fight for the full 80. Fail to do that, and the pride will pounce. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this chat with um, Jace Ryan after 8, Kempi. And uh, I know many of you out there will have questions for Jace Ryan, double eight double three. Let us know on the Temper Bedpost text machine anything you would like to know about that selection, particularly in the Ford pack. Well, physicality has been something we're after, particularly in the sixth position, Kempi. And there's been a lot of players that have gone into that jersey and haven't quite fulfilled it. And Samapeni Finau... There's been a lot of talk about this kid, and if you listen to Jace Ryan's comments post um, the All Black Selections team naming on Sunday on Sky TV Breakdown, he spoke about Sam Penny Finau, and the one that got him over the line was that Reds performance, Ricardo, when he, in a team that was getting dominated, well, he was the one that was really standing up and showing his physical prowess, so... I'm, I'm excited for his inclusion in this team. Whether Shannon Frizzell can step up, and go to a place where we've seen glimpses. And I think that's the question with this uh, team, and particularly in the sixth position. We've seen glimpses over the last few, uh, few years, but we haven't seen a complete performance. So these players that have been included, there's a couple of names there. Josh Lord, he hasn't played any 
rugby whatsoever. So I want to ask the question to Jace Ryan about his inclusion in this team. What are they looking for him? The front row, you've got Nipo Laulala, Ofa Toanga Fasi, alongside some newcomers with Fletcher Newell, who hasn't played this year as well. So there's plenty of glaring questions that we need to ask, but, mate, they need to find something, and um, no doubt they will. They've got preparation to camp this week, which they can uh, iron a few things out, get some quality time together as a group. I know there was a lot of questions regarding that. Why was the team selected after the semi-final? Well, they've only got eight days post that final to fly to Argentina, take on Argentina, then fly home, get back Monday night, and they take on South Africa the following weekend. So they have about eight days to prepare for test matches compared to three months in terms of Super Rugby. So that's the reason why they named the squad after the semi-final to allow time for these players that aren't a part of the final to get preparation that is needed. So, um, yeah, some big questions for Jace Ryan after eight. Yeah, massive. And that's the thing. I mean, like, you know, you, if, if Adi Savir is our number one, number eight, which we're agreed about, mm. and Sam Kane's the captain at seven, you need a big body at six because mm. the, neither of those guys are big enough. Frizzell, Yuani, consistency issues with both of those guys. So mm. who have mm. we got? I mean, that's why a Tupu Vai or, or a Scott Barrett come into the thinking, right? And my my yep. point my point being is that you need a change in mindset. Like you need a mm. you need to really have a, a what would you call it like a tribal mindset where you're just going to go out there and you're going to put your body on the line for from from the get go at the World Cup mm. and you're going to show teams that if they want to come and play the All Blacks in it they're going to pay. You know what I mean? And I think with that mindset first, I'm saying I think we've got the skill, but I think yep. what we haven't got is we haven't got that mongrel. And we need that at this World Cup. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially with that group that we're in, and the and the side of the draw we're on, and the, those those sides, the French, the Irish, South Africans are all going to be bigger than us, you'd think, uh, mm. physically in that in that area. So, lots of questions for Jace Ryan. Double eight, double three is the ten for bed post text machine. Text your questions through, and we will put those to Jace after eight o'clock. Between now and eight o'clock, though, Blair Chook is going to join us. We'll talk some sale GP right now. Though here is Aroha with the latest in news. Thanks to Kubota, together we are building and shaping New Zealand. Twenty-seven away from eight. Can I tie a two-easy weekend? Time for sports news headlines. A lot of news coming out of the NBA at the moment. The Washington Wizards are finalising a trade to send three-time All-Star guard Bradley Beal to the Phoenix Suns for a package expected to include Chris Paul, Landry Shamet, several second-round picks, and pick swaps, according to uh, reports on Sunday. The Wizards have also agreed to send guard Jordan Goodwin and forward Isaiah Todd to the Suns. So it looks like the Suns are big up that mm. squad for next season. Is this going to be a Brooklyn Nets take two situation with Harden and Simmons when that just fell apart? Is Kevin Durant the problem? Mm. Well, that, actually, that's not a bad, it's not a bad shout. <laughs> it seems to follow him, doesn't it? Does seem to follow him. 
Uh, that's a great show. Yeah, it's a question. Is it going to be Brooklyn Nets or is it going to be Golden State Warriors? Because <laughs> one worked and one didn't. Um, yeah. So we'll have to see. Uh, the NBA has also suspended Memphis Grizzlies star Jay Morant for 25 games at the start of the 23-24 season because of conduct detrimental to the league. The Grizzlies suspended Morant from team activities on May 14 after a video on social media showed the All-Star brandishing a firearm. The NBA suspended Morant for eight games following a similar incident in March in which he was seen on an Instagram live clip holding up a handgun while intoxicated at a Denver area nightclub. Not to be uh, not to be recommended, that sort of behaviour. Uh, and finally, uh, Warren Gatlin admits he would never have returned as Welsh boss if he'd known the extent of the problems at the Welsh Rugby Union after players threatened to go on strike during a dismal Six Nations. He said, when I came into this, I had no idea. I didn't realise a lot of the things that were going on and the issues that were behind rugby and the squad and the players. At the time, if I'd known, I'd have made a different decision and probably gone somewhere else. That's a big. That's a. That's oh. a big. That's a. It's a really big call. And just to go back to the to the gun, the gun Morant one. Yeah. Did you see the one where he's put the gun in a? I think it was a bubble water, and and has now come out and said it was a toy gun. No. Yeah, so he's put it in and pulled some water in it, and then pulled it out and squirted it on <laughs> on social media. So it's sort of it's getting a little bit wild over there in the NBA. All this all this stuff that. Um, their socials are going through the Warren, the Warren Gatlin one though is he like seriously if you think Warren Gatlin just picked up the contract and signed it without actually doing his homework um, dock him yeah <laughs> yeah dock him well, uh, give him a pay cut there's only one person <laughs> can't be saying that it's only one person's fault right if he didn't read the he yeah. didn't, didn't do the didn't, beat. didn't read the fine print yeah didn't do, didn't read the background didn't came with no toilets oh <laughs> Yeah, it's a nasty one. A nasty question is, where would he have gone? Who would have had him afterwards? Because it didn't really work out for him back at the Chiefs, unfortunately. But uh, you go. I'm sure he'll pick up a a gig somewhere. Those are your sports news headlines. Uh, Thanks to Kennard's Hire. Two easy weekend, two days high for the price of one visit a brunch today. T's and C's apply. Uh, It is uh, 23 away from 8 o'clock. When we come back, Blair Chook's going to join us, part of our Sale GP team that successfully beat the Aussies and the Canadians out in Chicago over the weekend. She Protein Chop Slab from Chemist Warehouse, only $3.99. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. It is tw- uh, tw- 18 away from 8 here on SENZ. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Sale GP. Man, there is no rest for the wicked. Those guys feels, <laughs> feels like, they, like yesterday. Yeah, they just they, they only wrapped up not long ago. And they're back in action this weekend, gone. Uh, up in Chicago and uh, the first regatta of the 23-24 season. Successful one too. Beat the Aussies and the Canadians in the final. And uh, well done to the boys. Good way to start the season again. Blair Chook joins us. Uh, g'day, Blair. Yeah, do, do you have any downtime at all, mate, or you just you just planning for next uh, for the next one? Morning, team. Uh, yeah, not too much. Just landed back in Aotearoa an hour ago. Um, so yeah, actually only back for six days or something, and then up to Europe for quite a big stint. So um, yeah, busy time at the moment, but it's all part of it. And yeah, epic way to start the season off with a win in Chicago. Um, some real good mahi from the team over the last couple of months or two. Then they'll go our way with the final in San Fran, but um, yeah, great bounce back and way to set a good foundation for the season. Yeah, great to be back racing and getting one over those Canadians, in particular our neighbours, the Australians, Chuki. Well done, mate. Thanks so much for joining us. Obviously racing traditionally in the ocean, saltwater, 
Is there much difference when you're racing on the on the fresh water? I know when I've been boating, the boat reacts totally different from fresh to to the sea. Is, is there a lot of difference? Is there a big difference with your approach to racing on, on the fresh water? Yeah, cheers, Izzy. Uh, yeah, especially when you're up on the hydrofoil. So, uh, like you probably noticed when you're between the lake and, and the ocean, um, it's quite a lot less density in the water in a freshwater lake. Um, so that affects how the boat floats and then um, also when you start foiling, how the foil reacts. So we need a, a bit more speed to get up on uh, and foiling, probably like three kilometres more boat speed, um, one, or, one or two knots, and then and then the manoeuvres are just slightly different. So probably the biggest change is for Andy on the flight control. Andy Maloney did a real good job for us this weekend and that when you're used to how the boat reacts and... Um, you know, in the salt water, when you get into fresh water, it's, uh, it's reacting differently. Then I guess it's a flight controller that adapts the best, um, that does well. And yeah, well, especially on the Saturday uh, or on the Friday, the first day of racing. On the on the second day, obviously there wasn't much wind, so there wasn't any foiling going on. Couldn't, couldn't get it up on the falls. Hey, Blair, thanks for joining us this morning, Ozzy and Kempe. Um, I just want to take you back. I just want to take you back because I want to talk about that final. And uh, the Aussie boat going down. Like I was sitting in the I was sitting in the doctors, mate, and I had my I had the GP on my phone. I'm sort of looking at it, and I'm watching you guys come through the field. I just want to know what the feeling was like when the Aussie boat went down. And uh, I was going, mate, I started screaming at my phone. The nurse was talking to me, <laughs> and uh, I started screaming at the phone, thinking that you guys were were actually going to pass them on the finish line there. Mate, what was it? What was it like? going back through that field and getting so close to actually taking that one out. Yeah, it was certainly a hell of a race. Really couldn't have been any closer. Um, I think step back a little bit, that first reach, the, you know, the, off the start line there, we had a real opportunity to get over the top of them um, and beat them to mark one. But just, you know, that came down to a metre, half a metre, um, and we weren't able to do that. So that was the first opportunity. You know, if we had got in front there, then we would have definitely backed ourselves to stay in front. But from there, they got a reasonably reasonable distance ahead of us, and yeah, we just we kept the pressure on. But they, they obviously then made a few mistakes, and halfway up that beat, probably the same as you in the in the um, doctor's room. There, we, we were thinking, shit, we got an opportunity at this um, to just keep the hammer down, executed some good manoeuvres, and they made a couple more mistakes, and then yeah, just. Um, you know, they, they did a good job to regroup for that last manoeuvre and, and pull it off and, and just, um, I guess, edge us out to that last turning mark. So, yeah, couldn't have been t- uh, closer and, yeah, pretty tough when the whole season comes down to that race and you, you miss by small margins. That's, that's what we play for to, you know, try and win at, in those tight situations and we couldn't get it done on that day. Well, they say you take plenty from your losses and you've had a short pre, uh, pre-season heading into... Uh, the sale GP, you've obviously got one on the board already. Was there any glaringly obvious changes that you've made heading into this season that you could pinpoint or something that you you took away from last season that you're trying to do different this year? Yeah, obviously, like you mentioned, real short turnaround is. So, um, you know, you couldn't pull a lot back, but it was enough to, when we debriefed the season, um, there was a couple, or a few areas we definitely could have done better and, and were letting us down. Um, but as you go into those last few events of the season, you're only making s- small adjustments and we still obviously had a hell of a job to make it to the final. So we were a little bit reluctant to um, take too big a step changes, I guess. But 
the break in the season allowed us to do that in, in a couple of areas. Um, first off, the start. Obviously, as you guys know, the start in Saudi is critical, um, and it wasn't something we were doing consistently well. We um, we had had good starts, but uh, there was definitely teams that start on average better than us. So we've changed how we do that a little bit of our strategy in the start. People that have watched closely would have noticed that we were a lot closer to the line um, than our normal um, sort of out the bat coming through fast approach. Um, so that's going to take a little bit of refinement, um, but pretty pleasing that, you know, in that case that we can still get a good result or a really good result with a, a change of strategy. Yeah, a good, good result, um, race one, getting the win there. And then, mate, just did you learn anything when you couldn't get it off the foils from any of the other boats? Was there, was there like, in your debrief, uh, a conversation around the sa- uh, the sailing, if, if that ever happens again? Yeah, well, we've never sailed in that lighter wind before. Um, Singapore and Dubai were light, but nothing like that. That was, you know, even in the practice before the racing, we didn't even lift one hull out of the water. Um, so... Yeah, it was super light, like two or three knots of wind, you know, five, six kilometres an hour. So um, there was a technique, again, people that watch closely, the the dagger the dagger boards, the foils, um, you know, they're controlled by hydraulic. Is that named pump. after me? Yeah. <laughs> Israel 1 and Israel 2, the, the dagger boards. The dagger boards. Is that, is that the one, is, hey, hey, Blair, is that the one yeah, you run over running. all the time? <laughs> Exactly. A little bump. <laughs> oh, too good, too good. Hey, Blair, you said you're going to head up to Europe. Now, I know according to the uh, GP calendar, you've got to be racing in LA at the end of July. So uh, what are you doing up in Europe? Is this America's Cup related? And, and how do you find switching between different, uh, I guess, different disciplines? Yeah, I think we're real lucky that it's, um, you know we get that consistency of, the team through both so it helps out a lot. Um, lives up in Europe at the moment. She's doing ETF with Live Ocean Racing, um, but the rest of us are back here now. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've had a heck of a lot of practice at it now. We'll be if we get some wind, we'll be out on the water today actually um, with Team NZ. Uh, but yeah, we're we're up to Europe for to Barcelona for the prep for next year. So we got four months there. Um, it actually works quite well with SailGP because we've. Like say, we've got the LA event, so that'll be a bit of a flight back, but um, we've got three other events in Europe right in, in that time we're up there, so that's going to be a, a bit nicer just doing the hour or two flights um, rather than, what, 15 or 16 hour long we've just done from Chicago now. No, yeah, just take the boat, mate. You'd be fine. Don't need a plane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't even derig it. Just, yeah, <laughs> just get it up here. on the foils. Way, way you go. What do you, what do you, what do you do, Blair? Like you get a little bit of downtime, but what do you, do, what do you do? You get home, you know, you you had a, a quick turnaround to get back into to season four. And you come home. What is it? Golf at Izzy's down at the Clearwater, or what? What are you up to? Nah, mate. He's dining at Chivo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I spend a lot of time up um, home actually up in, in Kitty Kitty. Uh, with us getting such a big time away coming up, just wanted to get some time up there. So yeah, just doing stuff around the the property and then um, bit of time out in the out in the water too, trying to get some dives in because it's going to be all of a sudden when, by the time we get back, it's summer again. So um, yeah, that was between I guess the team did sailing and and the planning for the next season. Um, that was about all I was up to in the last break back home. 
Blair, I've noticed there's, there's some stories been coming out of Spain, actually, now you talk about Barcelona, about orcas attacking yachts. Have you seen this? Yeah, and down in the Gibraltar Strait, so right in the south of Spain. Um, it's been happening for three years now, I think. Um, and yeah, it's pretty staggering, like the amount of um, attacks it's been. I think like 250 yachts have been attacked. Um, so yeah, I think the scientists are still trying to work out exactly why it is, whether it's I th- a retaliation I, of a, a boat. I, I think it's because. Yeah, I think it's because orcas are just bastards of the sea, um, and they've decided it's a bit of fun, and they just teach it to each other and go, "Hey, have a cracker! This is fun." <laughs> yeah, oh, I I love killer whales. They're my favourite um, marine animal. I reckon they're um, they're epic, um, very very intelligent. So it'll be yeah, whether it's retaliation or whether they're um, you know using the boats as a bit of uh, a tool to teach the young how to hunt. Um, you know, still to be worked out, but certainly a problem for. The cruising boats and actually the ocean races, all the are just finishing off and they're about to go through there. So, um, I guess I'll be a little bit concerned <laughs> if we want to keep an eye on, mate. All right, good stuff, Blair. Well, I know you're just off a play, mate. You're probably knackered, so I'll let you go grab a coffee, put your feet up. Thanks very much for Chuggy. coming on. Well done, mate. Yeah, great to chat. Thanks, thanks for all the support you got. Cheers, Blair. Cheers. There you go, Blair Chuck with us out of Sail GP. Yeah, I don't know if you boys have seen this. Yeah, these, these orcas are in pods and they're literally just like. Pleasure boats, like you launches and things, and they're just ramming them and sinking them. Mm. They're not Scary. doing anything to the people on them. Scary. They're just sinking the Scary. boats. <laughs> just territorial. Get out of my ocean. It's just plain and simple. Free willy. <laughs> <laughs> Take your dagger boards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so just good. little bumps. Just little, oh, just little bumps. It was, was a good comeback too. <laughs> just a little bump. <laughs> uh, seven away from eight here on SENZ. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, your real house of fragrance. The Lye Catalogue Sale is on now. Find a huge 20% off the Brute Original range. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. It is a couple of minutes away from 8 o'clock. Keep your texts coming through. Double eight, double three is the Temper Bedpost text machine. Jason Ryan, the All Blacks Fords coach, is joining us in a few moments' time. And if you've got questions for him around selections uh, or any of that stuff, just uh, let us know. Double eight, double three, drop us a line. Uh, a text that has come through after our conversation earlier about the Sixers is uh, this one, which I, I thought was quite interesting, boys. It's uh, in regards to the blind side, we are still under the spell of the Kano big hits. Frizzell is the best six as he wins and secures the ball, but does not feature in highlight reels. The game is won by players like Frizzell who get the ball for the backs and Savia. Regards, Otago, man. Yeah, I've seen it with Frizzell. I've seen it when he's taken on South Africa. He's he's matched him up front. I think it's just for long periods of time we want to see that influence. And mm. you can never... That, that's always a difficult one, eh, Rick Dog? It's like when you've had someone like Jerome Kano um, in that position for a very long time, we're kind of comparing other players to be like that, but they've got to make that jersey their, their own. And Frizzell, Frizzell has definitely shown glimpses, and now we're going to see Sam Penny female. So I'm looking forward to having a chat to Jace Ryan in, in a short time. Yeah, time. 
Yeah, do keep your texts coming through. Double eight, double three, double eight, double three. Anything you want to ask Jason Ryan, we'll put it to him. He is going to join us after the latest in news and sport from Araha. We'll also have Izzy Super Rugby Pacific Player of the Week. Kempi's going to give us his Warriors Player of the Month as well. Plus, time for your calls and texts and a catch up with Paulie Mawadi from the TAB. Here's Araha with the latest in news. Thanks to Kubota, we're building and shaping New Zealand. Make the switch to Kogan Moo Mushy Protein Chalk Slab from Chemist Warehouse. Only $3.99. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Good morning, Izzy Kempi for breakfast, SENZ, just after 8 o'clock, it is a Tuesday morning, and plenty of reaction to Blair Chook's interview. Morning boys, enjoy that interview with Blair, not only the sports talk, but I enjoyed the humour on cold mornings like this, rolling greens, it brings a smile on the dial. Come on Blues, let Roger go back to the Warriors, that is from Doug. Appreciate all your messages coming through. We're going to be catching up with the one and only Jace Ryan right now. And it's a big good morning to you, Jace. Coach, how you doing? Morning. How are you, lads? Good, thank you. Appreciate you uh, joining us this morning, Coach. It's a couple of days has settled to that squad announcement on Sunday. Are you happy you got the mix right, my friend? Yeah, well, we are, actually. We're, we're pretty satisfied where we got to. Um I think we've got a, you know, a reasonable balance of a little bit of youth in there and some. You see, are you, are you still there, Jace? Do we just drop off there? We'll just go and check for Jace Ryan here. We yeah, just had a so little bit of a, a uh, drop there on that one. Hey, I was just to, when you're reading that um, that message there, is he from Doug? I was just thinking, mm. like. Maybe, maybe as sure as names, he's rolling greens and his name's Doug. <laughs> Working as a landscaper. Don't know, we're, we're, just, we're, just chasing up, um, we're just chasing up Jace Ryan uh, at the moment. Hey, Jace, you yeah, back there? Yep. Sorry, mate. Just, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, as he was just asking, mate, you happy with the mix? Yeah, no, we are, mate. Yeah, we're uh, really satisfied. We've got a good balance of youth and experience but not only that we we believe we've got some players that we've selected that have got a bit of a point of difference so they can add to our game which is important one of the one of the um i guess one of the comforts that i've got is that jason ryan gets his hands back on the the forwards um and watching i guess the the young crusader boys what they did to the auckland forward pack on the weekend um and you coming out of that structure yourself jace 
Where do we go as far as, you know, one of the questions I've asked this morning is bringing some mongrel back into this all-black team. Is that a focus of yours, like to really nail down this this domination that the that Crusader pack has that you used to have that needs to be brought back into the all-black pack? Yeah, I think there's probably two parts to that question, Kempe. I mean, you look at the super teams have got their own identity. The all-blacks, we, we need to have our own identity as a forward pack and that's something that I'm honestly looking forward to getting my hooks into um, and we set a pretty good scene straight away <laughs> pretty uh, you know individually individually we'll have a combo with the boys and show them a couple of clips which we were happy with and then um, and then we'll say look this is where we want to head but here's how um, and, and get them to you know build a bit of trust in what we're doing and then you know we haven't got a lot of time to think about things and ask lots of questions. Let's just get into it um, because we've got four days together as a full squad, then we go to Argentina. So um, we've got to, you know, there's not time to sort of have little knitting meetings and conversations. This is where we're heading. We've made a couple of little progress, I guess, areas last year, Kempe, but, you know, last year is just a memory, nothing more. Mm. Yeah, we've seen the, the difference in the change, particularly towards the end of last year, Jace, particularly in that game against England when the rolling more, which has been non-existent in, in pre- previous games, was a real threat over there in the north. But the style of, of game that you're after from, from the Ford pack, mate, what will be the big work-ons heading into these rugby championship matches? Yeah, this is a good, good question. Um, is the, look, I'm, I'm pretty basic. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, like... The game of rugby has not changed over the years. Yep. You have to win your set piece, and you've got to be tough. It's no different to a game of rugby league. In, in big contests, your big players have to front up. End of story. And it's how we do that, and I, I think there's some some little areas that we're, we're really excited about with the players that we've picked. If I, if I identify, say, a Sam Penny Finau, and it's a Mikey mm. Williams. They've got pointed difference in their carries, and they've got a heavy shoulder. Mm. So they're good on D. They're good both sides of the ball, and then they work. Our ball carry and our clean-out is going to have to be really vital. Like the Argentinians, when we played in Christchurch, to give you an example, that's all I've really thought about now that the team's name was this first test. That's all. You know, they, they had um, David Kidwell, who's the, the league coach. They tied up the ball. And it's to stop our offloads, and, and we carry too high, and they cleaned us up in Christchurch. So that'll be something that we'll give the boys a wee reminder of of that area. Yeah, and and I was speaking as he Jason on the weekend after um, the game of the Crusaders. There was a, a couple of carries. I think it was the hooker, the Auckland hooker, carried the ball down the blind side into Tamaiti and got absolutely hammered with those heavy shoulders. Um, and you're right about Fino when he played against the Reds. There, he put on a a, a, a really aggressive game. Like how, uh, how do you convert that from um, deputant to sort of leading that type of carry and that type of um, ground, you know, ruck maulage type play into the into success in the All Blacks? Yeah, it's, it, I think can be like there's a there's a bit of a there's a difference. There's all sort of sorts of formulas. <laughs> To that, and I think the first thing, if you're talking about Sam Penny Fee now, he, he's he's a young man who's evolved himself off the field, and I'm going to give Ross Filippo and, and Clayton a real rap here, their coaches in the Chiefs, because they've got the best out of them at Super Rugby. It's now my job to get him to an All Black level, and we don't believe he's that far away. That's why we've picked him. 
<laughs> but we've still got to help him and we've got to set him up so he feels safe in the environment, he can be himself, he can be his natural Tongan um, instincts that he was given so he can play the game at Test Match at the highest level and we believe he can do that. So we've just got to tweak a couple of things. I'm not going to muck around with his carry and say, mate, you need to do this and this. You just carry, son. You're going all right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Love it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, we're going to change everything. I'm going to change everything, mate. Get in there. You're going good, chat. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. I love it, mate. Plain and simple. Don't want to tweak too much, mate. You go on the right side. Hey, but, uh, Jace, look, there would have been some difficult conversations as well. I think a couple of names that were missing, and they'll come through on the text machine. You've got Akiriwane Hoskins, Satutu, Peter Gus, uh, Sawakula. What's his biggest issue? Ethan Blackadder, was he not considered because of injury? Were those difficult conversations? Is the door shut on those players? The door is never shut. Ever for me on a player, and 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 look, they are tough conversations. And the day that they're easy, well, we're doing the wrong job. You know, and Foz is a boss. He he makes he makes the the tough calls initially, and then we'll follow them up. We'll, we'll talk to the boys and we'll give them key areas that they need to focus on. But sometimes it's just a case of other guys are playing better. You know, and, and we need we need in games where. Your big players, or your, or your or your players that you've been watching, Izzy, in big games like quarterfinals, semi-finals, they've got to front up. They have to front up, and I think we saw a little bit of that in, in, in the in the weekend with both games, where I guess the players we did pick have done that. So we'll have conversations, you know, with the boys that have missed out, but they shouldn't be easy bringing up guys and saying that yeah. you've missed out because of this. It's tough. That's a tough part of the job. The great part of the job is when you leave to our Moody Sports Club, me, Foz and Joe were sitting in the car and Foz goes, righto, let's ring the new boys. And we rung them all. And it was just unbelievable. Everyone had their own story, you know. To Mighty Williams, <laughs> Foz, he goes, it's Ian Foz here. Congratulations, um, to Mighty. To Mighty goes, oh, cheers, bro. It's like, yeah, good. <laughs> You know, that's that's some that's a young man being themselves, and that's exactly what we want. <laughs> yeah, that's a, and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna grow those young blokes, Chase. Especially especially listening to the way you talk. Look, I just want you to educate some of the listeners. You know, like in rugby league, if you don't win the battle in the in the middle of the park, it's a real. It was, you're talking to rugby rugby union simple. Well, rugby league is very simple. You lose that bit middle in the um, that battle in the middle of the park, you ain't going anywhere. No matter who you got behind, you're gonna. Uh, Andrew Johns being your, your halfback, he ain't going to get far. So what what is it in the middle of the park coming up against the French and the Irish that you need to win? You know, like educate someone like me that's still learning the intricacies of rugby. What is Jason Ryan going to do to his forward pack to, to know that you're going to stop that collision area and win that battle? Yeah, look, there's, there's two ways. Um, again, you can look at this like, Obviously, the, the French and the European teams, they're, they're big sides. So not only do we need to have physicality, we've got to be a little bit smart. you know. And like, it's not sometimes just, dare I say it, run it straight. Like We don't want to talk about running On a Wednesday, that. We've got to run through it. We've got to, we've, you know, <laughs> we've got to run, it, run through and just have little wee footwork. You know, really trust our skill set in games, but do it under pressure. And a big part of that starts in... 
in trainings. But it, you know, as I said at the start, can be you know the low numbers, <laughs> one to eight. There's not a lot changed in the game, but you're still got to evolve little bits and pieces, get your carry height really, really um, well done, and that sets up your breakdown really. Jason, looking at the loose forward mix, you've got um, yeah, Dalton Publi and Sam Kane are obviously your sevens. Um, you've got Finau, you've got Frizzella, your sixes. Uh, you've got Artie, obviously, as an eight who can play seven. And Luke Jacobson, do you see him as an out-and-out eight option? Um, I'm just thinking about his size on the international stage. Yeah, I think so, yeah, definitely. I think that um, you know, you, people have talked about his size, um, but I talk about his ticker. Um, and he, his, he, he's he's a worker. And I, I, at the start of the year, I put up McCaw, Reed, Kaino. What was the profile of them? They were tough and they worked hard. And it was a great combination. Right, is that our benchmark? Possibly. So where are we going to go with these boys and how we pick them? Luke Jacobson, he's got into some unbelievable form. Again, he has, you know, sometimes can play well, but he's always carried forward. He's got a shot through the line. He's a good defensive um, line-out boy, and he tackles. Tick, tick, tick. Mm. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful. Hey, um, just, just your uh, selection of Josh Lord. Um, we haven't seen too much of him lately. What are you expecting him from him in the next couple of weeks? Is he going to play club rugby to get some game time? Yeah, we're going through that at the moment. Look, it will depend if um, Clayton picks him this weekend, but we're just excited about um, what Lordy can bring us, you know, he's big man, he's he's PB and everything at the Chiefs because he's extremely hard at um, getting his knee right. You know, we talked around that as he's invested a whole lot of games, um, but we feel that you know, between now and when he comes in, he's going to come straight in. You know, we've got four locks that are playing in a final this weekend, effectively with um, potentially. So. So we're going to need someone that can come in early and um, and work with us, and, and and you know he might get an opportunity. We'll see. Hey, Jace, we're excited by him to answer your question, Digger. Oh, that's yeah. that's cool. Hey, Jace, just while well, you're talking benchmarks, and I've got to ask you this question: who are the, who are the benchmark forward pack in the in the World Cup that that we're going to have to absolutely dominate? Yeah, look, I think France are um, pretty outstanding. Really, I, I looked at that. Um, well, the La Rochelle-Leinster game, um, firstly, the European Cup final looked at that pretty heavily, and um, you got the likes of some big four-pack in, in, in that La Rochelle team, and then again, the La Rochelle-Toulon game, the forward exchanges and how they play the game is a lot different to us, so <clears throat> I think that they, uh, yeah, they're a big pack, they're a big physical pack, and I'd say that, you know, with that, becomes, you know, probably the Aussies. So I think Eddie Jones, there'd be no doubt he'll pick Will Skelton. So he's a big man. So that'll add a dy- different dynamic um, to that four pack as well. Got absolutely no doubt. So, and it's a great test against Argentina. Have I just named everyone, Kempi? <laughs> <laughs> no, what you did, you just said on the fence. <laughs> oh, too good. Too good, Jace. Jace Ryan. Listen to this message that's come through for you, Jace. If you if you're looking for a future in radio, here you go. How good does Jace Ryan go? Real face for radio, though. How good? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the pop you, mate. Good on you, throwing stones again. Good on you, Jace. Tell him to come and tell him to come and put his head in that scrum and see how good he goes. 
no, buddy, good boys. Uh, good to talk to you. Always a pleasure and uh, good stuff. Yeah, thanks, Jace. Really appreciate it, mate. Appreciate your time. Go well. Good luck. Cheers, Cheers Jace. Boys. Bye. Cheers, uh, Jace Ryan. There yeah, what, was. A, what a champion. <laughs> what a top man. <laughs> what an absolute champ. It was such oh. a good chat. You know, he doesn't a, mince his words, though, eh? That's what I love about Jace. He doesn't mince his words. Just get in here and carry the, the money. ball. Just get in here and carry the ball. You're going good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting, too, that the doors are not shut on anyone, too, right? You know, because mm. we talked, Hoskins is obviously not an either team that was announced. Yeah. Akira, maybe somebody like um, Duplessis, who might have thought he was a chance at the All Blacks, are, are in that All Black 15. So there's, there's plenty of options for the All Black selectors. It's it's and it's good from Jace, you know. Like he's he's going to go away. He's going to give them work on, see what they want, and uh, to evolve their game. But um, mate, he's honest. There's other players that are playing better, and I know uh, for his Ford pack, he would have took took that and and used that it for for a selection criteria. But hey, he doesn't mince his words, and it's simple, isn't it? Those Fords, they are simple. Give them a little structure, game plan. Tell them when they need to be. Nail their roles, and they're doing all right, son. Did, did you Bloody just call good. Ford simple, is he? That's what you said? Very simple. They are simple, mate. They are simple. See that See that ruck over there? Clean it. I'm going to counter here, so if you're close to me, clean it. Nail the breakdown. Counter. Mate, very simple. If you don't tell them where they're going, honestly, there's been situations, where we're going, is he? I'm like, go to that ruck, mate. Follow the ball. Simple. Get your head in there. Did you ever play? ABC. <laughs> Did you ever play with one of those guys? You just had to get him out there at half time and turn him around and go, "We're running this way this time." Oh, mate, no, no. There was a couple though. They're very, very simple. You just you don't overcomplicate it. The worst complicator was Ryan Crotty. Man, it overcomplicated, and then White Crockett would go, "What are we doing, bro?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh, is it? Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. We're going to keep it simple next because it is Izzy Super Rugby Pacific Player of the Week with DHL. Find out who that is. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Join SCNZ for Gayed. It's Kiwi for sport. There's a new team in town. Winter is here. Book your flu vaccination online today at chemistwarehouse.co.nz. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Now Drummond slings it wide. Moanga goes wide. Here's a chance early on. To add the extra two. Now, here come the Crusaders' backs. Moanga, Moanga, beautiful pass. And the try scored by Fergus Burke. Put it down to Richie Moanga. Absolutely, and put it down to pass accuracy as well. Super Rugby Pacific Player of the Week, the DHL Super Rugby Pacific. Catch the action live on Sky Sport or get tickets at superrugby.co.nz. Yes, I have done it. I have gone for the flat track bully. That is Richie <laughs> Moonga. <laughs> Look, honestly, lads, I think he's been doing it for years, but that might have been his most complete performance 
on Friday night. His ability to control the game, he kicked extremely well, but his ability to pop outside that back position, you know, the position you're talking about before, Kempe, that pivot, mm. he just pops out at the right time. He holds his run late, and he allows those players that are outside him to get into good positions where he can open them up, particularly that moment where he popped out the back and then Will Jordan worked extremely hard to get from the right-hand side to the left-hand side. And, well, Mark Tillier left um, Bryce Heem in no man's land and opened up a little bit of a corridor and got through it. But I think on the weekend, defensively, is where he's made gains. Yes, that is room for improvement for Richie Moang. He's only a small body, but honestly... He doesn't shy away from the contact area, and I touched on it yesterday. He's putting his head into dark places. He's not leaving it up to the one to eight positions. He's getting in there and doing the hard work. So my Super Rugby Player of the Week was Richie Moonga. I thought he was outstanding. And this week, boys, this week is a position and an opportunity to cement who is our leader, who is going to dominate that team position when they head to the Rugby Championship. The one and only Damian McKenzie up against Richie Moonga. Ian Foster will be watching that closely. Well done, Richie. Good call. Absolutely. Seen a, seen a few people talking about you don't really find out about a first five until they're behind a pack that's not going anywhere, right? And, we've, and, and we saw plenty of that with Bowden Barrett. Um, is Richie Moonga the out-and-out out number one now, do you think, for the All Blacks? Um, I think he's probably just got his head in front a little bit. Um, Damien's been away. He hasn't traditionally played a lot at 10 for the All Blacks, but, mate, he has been going great guns for the Chiefs. So I think he's really on his on his heels in that 10 position, and this week will be the telling point, I feel. I think Richie's just ahead of Damien, but Damien's really, really close. So I think the question is, what do we want to see for Richie Moonga when he takes that that position in the 10, position, uh, 10 jersey for the All Blacks. He's had a lot of opportunities. We've seen glimpses, but we haven't seen the form from Super Rugby transpire into the All Blacks 10 position. Yeah. And I think if I'm going to look for some sort of reason, he hasn't really been given the reins, Kimpy. Yeah, and, the, and to the, say the matchups are this important. is your jersey. That's right. The matchup is is important, but I think the other the, the other thing that really confuses me is is the combinations. You know, like Will Jordan, the, the way he worked from that right side out through that left channel there to to have that speed to split that line um, was a combination. The the forward pack Richie knew where they were. The halfback knew where Richie was, and Richie knew where Will Jordan was coming from. That was the most impressive part of it to find them with that that pass that sent him on his way. So. You know, the, the part for me is the All Blacks. I know it's a, a matchup this weekend with Damian mm. McKenzie, but if you're thinking All Blacks, wouldn't you be thinking Richie Mawonga has to go with Will Jordan? Not the other way, mm. not Richie Mawonga going with Bodie Barrett, you know, or, or that way inclined. I think I, th- I think that's what I was saying. Will Jordan is the best fullback in New Zealand. And if you're going to pick Richie Mawonga to make Richie a better player, you've got to pick Will Jordan. Mm. So are you saying that if, no. if if Richie plays 10, Jordan plays 15, but if D-Mac plays 10, then Stevenson plays 15? Yeah, well, that's, see, that's my point. That's, you know, Crusaders, the Crus, uh, Crusaders and the Chiefs are going, the matchup is the 10 and the 15. Mm. You know? Yeah, I, the com- combinations, combinations are important. They, they do count for a lot. Yeah, they do, for sure. Um, but Stevenson, traditionally, if they do see him as a 15 in, in, the, in the All Blacks jersey, oh, time will tell. But... Um, if I'm going to pick a, a team that is going to place Argentina, potentially I'd go Moonga 
and Jordan at the back. And that's not because I'm being one eyed. I'm just thinking for combinations. Oh, so going but mate, this 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 weekend, you look you don't look any further than that matchup. Damien up against Richie Moonga, who I feel in the previous two times that they've beaten the Crusaders has got the better of, of Richie. So it's gonna be an awesome uh, awesome matchup this weekend. I cannot wait. Nice. Uh, looking forward to it. We are going to be talking more about that right throughout the week as uh, we get closer. Countdown to uh, the big Super Rugby final. It is 28 away from 9 o'clock here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Paul Mawadi from the TAB joins us shortly. Right now, though, here is Araha with the latest in news. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are building and shaping New Zealand. Need Twenty-six away from nine on SENZ. Time to catch up with Paulie Mawadi. You can bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Morning, Paulie. Morning, Ricardo. Morning, boys. Hey, now we had uh, <sighs> we have, <laughs> oh, Dagger. Dagger's got something. Dagger's straight up. Oh, like, right. He's not even leaning back in the chair now. He's launched himself <laughs> forward. I know there's something coming. I just, oh, no, I just love hearing from Paulie Mawadi. I just wonder what he's got to say for himself, Paulie. I'm just. You get me excited every morning. What do you got? <laughs> where, where, where do we go? Uh, why don't we have a look at the Ashes? Because that test match is finally balanced uh, as we head into <laughs> day five. Um, England, uh, what, require another seven wickets, and the Aussies uh, need, what, uh, around 170-odd runs. So uh, yesterday the Australians were slight favourites in that head-to-head book. Now the English are slight uh, head-to-head favourites there. Dollar ninety-three England to win the first test. Uh, the Australians are two dollars and sixteen cents, and the draw is now uh, blowing out to nine dollars and thirty cents. And there's been plenty of action on both teams throughout this test match. The uh, odds have fluctuated all over the place, so it's been very, very well supported by uh, Kiwis. Um, there's a couple of power plays there for you to get on as well. Stuart Broad to take five or more second innings wickets. That's $2.87. Of course, he's already got two wickets in this in the second inning, so he just needs another three uh, for that one to come in. There's a power play. Uh, Kawaja to score 100 uh, century uh, in the second innings. That's been boosted out to $4. That's also been fairly popular as well. I mean, he was seeing the ball like a, absolute, like a, like a beach ball. Uh, in that first innings, uh, and he's looking pretty good uh, so far in the uh, second innings as well. He's holding that innings together, currently on 34 not out, Kawaja. So, yeah, plenty of action there. And, uh, of course, State of Origin comes up uh, tomorrow night. State of Origin 2 in Queensland. The Queenslanders, the Maroons, with a 1-0 series lead at the moment. They can wrap it up tomorrow night. And at the moment, there's been plenty of action on both sides. Uh Looks like we've taken 60% of the turnover in that head-to-head market for Game 2 on the Maroons, who are now $1.42. New South Wales are now $2.80. Not without their friends, though. There's plenty of support for those boys to even up the series. There's a number of power plays, that the a number of boosted odds markets that the boys have put out. And the most popular one at the moment is Brian Tuttle. 
uh, to score at a try at any time, and New South Wales to win one to twelve has been boosted from seven fifty out to eight fifty. Very, very popular with punters at the moment. You boosted out to eighty dollars fifty. Them, mate. Come on. You're just trying to suck them in. You are. Come in here. We'll give you, you might as well give another five bucks. You might take a couple more people in there, but no one's going to take that that uh, that bet poorly. What about the other game that's um, played this weekend, the, the Chiefs and Crusaders? Where's the money going on that one? Yeah, oh, it's another one. It's uh, Punters are sort of they're going each side, but the early money was with the Crusaders, and that's forced the bookies' hands. I think they opened them up. Uh, north of $2.30, um, and we took a number of bets uh, on them at two thirty at $2.15. They're now into $2.05, the Crusaders, in that match result market. The Chiefs have drifted out to $1.77. That looks very, very juicy for mine. They'll be very tough to beat at home. Of course, as Izzy knows, they've beaten the Crusaders twice this season uh, already, um, and so I think we're probably very, very close to the starting odds for this match. Crusaders $2.05, Chiefs $1.77. I don't know you won the title in round robin, but anyway, let's talk some golf. Wyndham Clark obviously come out of nowhere. Throughout the tournament, I think he got out to 100 bucks or something, or maybe into 50s. Is anyone getting on Wyndham Clark to take out the USO? Oh, yeah. We- yeah, we, yeah, he was a very popular uh, selection, and you're right. He got out to $101 during the tournament, uh, the US Open at the LA Country Club. number of punters jumped on then. Um, he opened up, I think before the tournament started, he was around 50 or $60, and there were plenty that jumped on pre-tournament as well. So, yeah, he was quite a popular pick of those golfers sort of outside the top sort of 10, 20 in the world. If, you know, outside of the Roy McElroys, the Scottish Schefflers, uh, the John Rams, he was one of the most popular golfers sort of outside of that sort of, uh, I guess, superstar sort of realm. So, yeah, he's yeah he's got a good payday, and he's paid a number of uh, punters as well. And, of course, don't forget we've got that uh, all-black starting 15 um, multi-market that you can get on, can... Can someone tell Izzy that you can't just have 15 Crusaders? You've got to actually pick some other players. In there. Can you make hey, that hey, a power Paul, play who's leading, the, who's leading the number 10 position? Who's leading the 10 position on, on, that, on those odds? Uh, well, in the halves, the most popular uh, selection at the moment has been Aaron Smith and Richie Mwanga. That's eighty, mm. And that has been the okay. best back in that, uh, that market. Yeah. Dude, that's good money. Okay. It's, it's give me money, really, unless somebody gets injured, right? You'd have to think. Yes. Yeah, yes. you'd have to think they're going to start their, start their best combo, yeah. Uh, good stuff, Paulie. Good stuff. Have you got any, any smokies for us with four legs running around today anywhere? <laughs> no, I, no, I might have something. I might have something at Pookie for you tomorrow. So um, right. yeah, we'll have a chat tomorrow morning. All right, sounds good, mate. Go Anchor well. You have a good day. Me. Anchor me, Paulie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, don't forget James McDonald at Royal Ascot. Um, we've got a James McDonald bonus back on all of his rides at the uh, Royal Ascot Carnival. So yeah, check that out. Nice. Maccas, you want fries with that? Uh, watch a bit live on your favourite sport and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly, R18. Uh, keep your texts rolling through. Plenty of texts about Jason Ryan. Plenty of texts about uh, the Crusaders and the Chiefs as well. We'll get to those after this. And we'll hear from Kempe on his Warrior of the Month as well with Grain Feed Corp. It is 20 away from nine.
voice of sport, chatting to the people. SCNZ. Yes, we're six, uh, 8.45 and uh, you're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. This is our Grand Corp Feeds, your trusted partner for quality dairy feeds option. NRL Player of the Month for the Warriors. And for me, Izzy, I couldn't go past Chance Nickel Crockstead. You know, mm. in a month of, I guess, uh, stories that have been revolving, well, it's but probably a little bit longer about Roger Tuivasa Shek coming back. This kid has just gone out there and continued to do a number on uh, on other teams for the Warriors, even though the best number one that's ever played for the Warriors is headed back to the club. And everyone, including my dog, is barking, bring bring Roger back today. Um, and uh, Chance has been going out there and actually putting on a clinic uh, week on, week out. So I think uh, Chance, Nickel Klockstad, for me, this month has really laid down the platform. We knew that they had to get those two games. We asked for three. They they couldn't get it done at Brisbane. They couldn't convert the moments down there in the Hawks Bay. Was really uh, it would have been a fantastic night if they stole that game in that last second. You know, Sean kicking that goal mm. from the sideline when they went down there to score the score the try, um, only to be pulled back. But then they come out, they get the job done in the next two games. That one against Canberra for me. Chancellor Cloxett, I know it was Croker's 300th game, but it was also the return of Chancellor Cloxett and an opportunity for him to say to Ricky Stewart, you should never have let me go. And he mm. played so well in that game, when you think about it, that first 20 minutes of football where they were under the pump. And if yep. they hadn't defended so well, he had a lot to do with that by getting their players in position, then I don't think they would have got that game because they would have got out not only Jack White and scoring the first try, I thought they, he, he stifled at least three or four other opportunities for Canberra during that first 20-minute period. But to come out in the second half and play the way that he did, he's running for an average of 180-odd metres a game, which is pretty mm. phenomenal. Um, given the fact that he didn't play a hell of a lot of fullback last year. We're worried about his body. It looks great. He's fit. Um, and the most impressive part about his performances for me is he hasn't let the Roger Tuivasa-Shek conversation affect him. Mm. And that going into this back part of the year uh, is really important for the Warriors and the way that they finish the season off. So well done to Chance Nicole Clockstead. He's our Grand Court Feeds, uh, your trusted partner for quality dairy feeds option, your trusted partner for high-quality dry and liquid dairy feed options, supplying farmers nationwide, player of the month for the Warriors. Yeah, nice, oh, nice work, MP. No doubt. No doubt. He is by far my favourite player in that Warriors outfit. Uh, I think it's a, it's the flashy work that everyone sees, but watch him when he comes out of his own 20. His ability to get out there and make back-to-back carries after a big run too. So how fit is this kid? And, and he's, like, he's not a big man, but he tends to break that first and second uh, tackling, which are usually the middles, big boys too, who dominate the collision area. But he's fighting for every inch, every metre. And, um, mate, he is... He has been class. Such a good get for the Warriors. I was listening yesterday to Scotty Sattler when he was chatting to Sammy Hewitt, and he spoke about the situation when Roger comes back. And there was a situation where that Scotty Sattler said, well, does Roger go to the back, and then you move Chance into the centres? Can't see that happening, can we? No. There's, well, you, yeah. ne- you never say you never. Say never. Mm. But the, the mm. more, um, I guess, the, the, the positional change for either one to go to centre would be Roger 
not Chance mm. because of the way that Chance has played and the and the and because he's up to speed. You got to remember the game has changed since Roger played. So people forget that. They think, oh, no, Roger's going to come back and he's going to step into the game and he's going to be the Roger that left the Warriors when he was just, you know, NRL daily um, player. Well, it's not. The game has changed. It's got quicker. Um, like 180 metres when Roger was playing was one or two fullbacks. Now it's every fullback. You know, mm. you've got to run 200 metres a game every second game. So until Roger gets into that speed, I think the, the, the common move would be him into that right centre. He's going to play a roving role. He'll put himself into that sweeper position at fullback when Chance can't get there. Um, and there may be even an op- uh, opportunity there for Chance to switch to that right centre and Roger to go to fullback in the offensive shape. You know what I mean? So there's lots of lots of areas that they'll play on, but I'm picking Roger goes to centre. They're not going to, you know, chances of marquee signing. He doesn't he doesn't get moved. Yeah, we've got a text through here saying exactly what you said. The, the weakest point of the Warriors is the centre. So Artie is to centre chance is the number one fullback. The question for you, is he, Kempe, is mm. I call respect to Bryce Heen, but he's a 34-year-old journeyman. What is going on behind the scenes at the Blues that Roger's not in that team, not even in that 23? There's got to have been a fallout somewhere that we we don't know about, doesn't there? There's more uh, to this than meets the eye. There's got to be a it's call. It's hard to say. It's got to, mm. Yeah, oh, look, I've thought about it. Is he, and, and it does happen, Rick. You know, like you you got rocks in your head if you think that um, cl- clubs or organisations don't say, well, you know, he's not playing for us and uh, we're just you know going to look to the future and, and have that conversation with Roger. Like I thought the same thing on on set on Friday night when I watched you know them struggle in the centres there and then they brought on some changes you know even Roger off the bench would have been better than what they had um, but yeah look we just need to get through what is it a couple more months Roger needs to do a full off season I think Roger with a full off season under his belt is going to be better than coming back at the end of this year that's my honest opinion um, but yeah look. He's coming back. That's the, that's the main thing. And <laughs> hopefully, um, they texted yesterday when he said, well, hopefully he doesn't pick up an injury through NPC. Hopefully he comes back without an injury, does a full season, and the Warriors um, are coming off the back of a really good finals campaign. You might have a tight calf between August and October, potentially. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll have to see. I commend him on his, um, on his loyalty. You know, he's obviously made the decision, and all, all signs are showing that he's playing NPC, but... You know, it would have been easier for him just to throw his toys in eh, and, and, and shoot off. He's just not that bloke. And, 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 nah, no. So I commend him on that. And the current said, that was Bryce Heen's probably worst game of the year. And he saved it for the semi final. Defensively, he got caught out plenty of times. Um, but would, would Roger have made a difference? Probably. Probably. Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and then Harry oh, Plummer been too nice. the bench. You've been so. too nice. No, he wouldn't have. Against the Crusaders on a Friday night. The question I got from you is can they continue that game? This weekend, like that's that's the question. Like they play so well on Friday night. Do they do they go? Because you're gonna to have to go to another no, level. Be hard. They won't get that much space. No way. Particularly at the breakdown, they dominated the breakdown. There's no chance that Luke Jacobson and Brody Metallica will allow them to do that. So it'll be a totally different game. So you're tipping the Chiefs then? No way. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just quickly, just quickly, Greg's message true. Is he? How the hell can Richie have his nose in front of Damien? Has gotten the bit of him only two times this year they have played. You won't be holding that line on Sunday morning, I suggest, from Greg. The reason I say that is Damien hasn't played a hell of a lot at 10 in the All Blacks jersey. That is the reason I've got him just ahead. It's because Richie has played plenty times there. But, uh, mate, this is an awesome matchup this weekend. I cannot wait. 
Yeah, it's going to looking forward to it. It's going to be absolutely massive. Super Rugby Final in Hamilton this Saturday night. We are seven away from nine when we come back. Hopefully, Ian Smith is uh, off his sickbed, feeling better, and uh, ready to have a chat.